Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Welcome, faithful listeners, to the Bible Explained podcast on this lovely Wednesday morning. It's so beautiful. It's just been gorgeous out by me. It has been a little bit rainy, a little bit cloudy and overcast and rainy, but it's like a good rain. It's like a cozy rain. My husband and I did a mini date night where we didn't go out, but we just kind of hung out at the house. So we turned the fireplace on and we put our big jammies on and we played some video games together. We played Overcooked together. I don't know if you guys know that game, but it's such a fun game. And so my husband and I had quite a nice night as we were just listening to the rain and drinking coffee at night, which is a treat for me. (laughs) So grab your cup of coffee as we read Judges chapter 14 today. And also please continue to keep Israel in your prayers, especially as more footage is coming out now of just how horrific the attack on Israel really was over the weekend. Just absolutely disgusting footage of what Hamas did. So please keep Israel and the innocent people, and especially the innocent people who have been, uh, just their lives have been totally destroyed from this. Please keep all of them in your prayers. Alrighty. Well, speaking of marriage, we're going to be reading about Samson's marriage today. So I'm going to be reading Judges 14, 10 through 20 today. Now, where we left off last time, On Monday, I did read verses 10 and 11, but I'm going to reread them today to give more context to the story. So grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and also your Bible today. I almost said grab your cup of Bible. (laughs) Grab your cup of coffee and your Bible. And let's go ahead and read Judges 14. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. His father went down to the woman and Samson made a feast there for the young men used to do so. When they saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. Samson said to them, let me tell you a riddle now. If you can tell me the answer within seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. But if you can't tell me the answer, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. They said to him, tell us your riddle that we may hear it. He said to them, out of the eater came out food, out of the strong came out sweetness. They couldn't in three days declare the riddle. On the seventh day, they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband that he may declare to us the riddle, lest we burn you and your father's house with fire. Have you called us to impoverish us? Isn't that so? Samson's wife wept before him and said, You just hate me and you don't love me. You told a riddle to the children of my people and haven't told it to me. He said to her, Behold, I haven't told my father or my mother. So why should I tell you? She wept before him the seven days, while their feast lasted, and on the seventh day he told her, because she pressed him severely, and she told the riddle to the children of her people. The men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? He said to them, If you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have found out my riddle. Yahweh's spirit came mightily on him, and he went down to Eshkelon and struck thirty men of them. He took their plunder, then gave the changes of clothing to those who declared the riddle. His anger burned, and he went up to his father's house. But Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his friend. This entire portion we read today just reminds me of like a modern day 
bachelor party. <laughs> like the competition, the drinking, the backstabbing. It just is sort of the same. I don't know. Maybe it's not because I haven't really been. I have not been to any bachelor parties, obviously, because I am a girl. But I have been to bachelorette parties. I have been to some very, very interesting bachelorette parties. There was one particular bachelorette party that I will never forget where I went along and two of the bridesmaids got into like fisty cuffs with each other. And I'm just sitting there eating my figurative popcorn and watching this entire thing go down. It was just amazing. It was it was reality TV at its finest. And I ended up leaving that bachelorette party early. <laughs> I, I saw enough for one night for the rest of my life, basically, at that bachelorette party. And I went home and my husband and I got a, a pretty good laugh out of the stories I was telling from that bachelorette party. But it just kind of reminds me of that kind of scene, this party that Samson is throwing with his friends. And I don't know who these friends were. But they don't really seem to like Samson very much, do they? Because they actually go to Samson's wife and threaten to kill her and her entire family if they don't, if she doesn't betray her husband. So they don't really like Samson very much. So I don't know who the heck these companions of Samson's really were. If they were just like random people that came to this party, like random Philistines that were just like hanging out with Samson or if they truly were his friends. But it does say at the very end of verse 20 that one of these people at this party truly was one of Samson's friends. It says Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his friend. Some versions say his best man. This person was his friend that just like randomly decided to take Samson's wife after all this went down. So what went down? Samson throws this big party, this big bachelor slash wedding party, and he has 30 of his companions with him. Whether they were friends or not, doesn't seem like they were, but I don't know. So Samson, as they're drinking and as they're hanging out and doing whatever Samson was doing at this party <clears throat> with his friends, he tells them, he's like, okay, here, I have a, a riddle for you guys. And if you can answer it at the very end of the feast... In six days, I'll give you 30 sets of clothing, one for each of you. But if you can't answer the riddle, I expect you to give 30 sets of clothing to me. Now, this wouldn't have been like clothing you and I think of as nowadays, because we can go and get a nice looking outfit from TJ Maxx for not very expensive at all and give it to somebody if we wanted to. They didn't have department and clothing stores back in these days. So sets of clothing, especially what Samson is talking about here, like nice clothing, would have been a huge financial hit, especially to Samson, right? If Samson was going to give all this clothing to these guys, if he lost this riddle, that would have been a huge financial hit to Samson's pocket, having to give these, these sets of clothing away. So first and foremost, Samson never should have made this bet with these guys, because firstly, he didn't have the resources to make this bet. He clearly didn't have 30 sets of clothing, and he expected 100% that he was going to win this bet. So he didn't have 30 sets of clothing to give 
to his friends here, first and foremost. So it's never wise to bet something that you don't have. It's never wise to do that. Secondly, it was unwise of Samson to think that these these Philistines were going to play fair with him. The Philistines hated the Israelites and vice versa. So why would Samson have expected the Philistines to play nice with an Israelite man? He shouldn't have expected that. So he makes this bet with resources that he does not have. And he's like, I will give you 30 sets of clothing if you can answer it. But if you can't, after seven days of the feast, then you give me your clothing. Now, Samson kind of baited them into this also because each one of them would have only had to give one set of clothing to Samson. So this would have made this riddle seem a lot more fair, if that makes sense. This bet seemed a lot more fair because Samson would have had to give up 30 sets of clothing, whereas the Philistines would only have to give up one set of clothing per person to Samson, if that makes sense. So Samson sort of baited them into accepting the bet and accepting this riddle. And that was kind of the third place where Samson went wrong. You know, it's really funny because my pastor actually just did a sermon on Samson a handful of weeks ago. And he mentioned that Samson just looked at life as one big joke. And it's kind of true. If you look at Samson, he really didn't have any respect of anybody or anything. Uh, He makes lots of jokes. He makes lots of riddles just all throughout his entire life that we see Samson alive. He's always joking around and making riddles. He didn't take anything seriously, at least not too much. And then the things that he did take seriously, he went way over the top with. So he, he does this riddle. He says to them, out of the eater came out food. Out of the strong came out sweetness. Now, I kind of like the way the uh, NIV words this a little bit better because they make it rhyme. They say, out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And I just think it flows off the tongue really nicely. And it is a uh, it is a very poetic riddle that Samson made up here. So they couldn't in three days declare the riddle. So his friends are thinking about this riddle. They're like, what could this possibly mean? Now, of course, what this meant was the lion that Samson had killed and the honey that Samson had gotten out of the lion. And don't forget, Samson told nobody about what he had done with that lion. He told nobody. So in Samson's mind, this was the perfect riddle that nobody would be able to figure out. So for three days, his friends are stewing over this. They're trying to figure out this riddle. They can't. And it says that they finally go to Samson's wife. Now, depending on the version that you read, it'll either say that they went to her on the fourth day or on the seventh day. If you read the NIV version, it'll say on the fourth day, they went to Samson's wife and basically threatened her with death. They're like, okay, Samson's wife, if you don't go over to Samson and figure out this riddle for us, we're going to kill you and your family with fire is what they say. So some friends that Samson had here, these are just some really uh, stand up guys. But regarding the four days or seven days, I actually think that it was both. I think that they started pressuring Samson's wife after four days to tell them the riddle. But I think on the seventh day, as they couldn't figure it out more and more and more, they really put the pressure on the wife. And that was when they threatened her 
with death was on the seventh day. Because if you notice here, uh, Samson's wife started weeping and begging him for the answer multiple days before the friends had come to her and threatened her with death. So this goes to show you multiple things about Samson's wife. First and foremost, she was much more dedicated to her own nationality of people than she was to the family that she was marrying into. She didn't care about the Israelites. She didn't care about Samson. Also, she probably hadn't even really met Samson much. Uh, This was likely an arranged marriage. So she didn't care about Samson really at all. If you if you look at the story. Now, for me, I met my husband a year before I married him. Like it was basically love at first sight for me. I liked him immediately and I felt safe with him immediately. If somebody had done this to me and like came up to me and been like, hey, go betray your husband so that we don't kill you. I would have gone up to my husband and said, hey, Garrett, these guys that call themselves your friends are threatening to kill me. And I am pretty sure that my husband would have uh, retaliated very harshly on the people that would have done that to me. Right. But Samson's wife didn't think that way, because first and foremost, she didn't care about Samson. She didn't care about the Israelites. Also, she cared a lot more about how the Philistines viewed her than how her own husband viewed her. And she possibly also didn't feel like she could trust Samson either. And this just goes to show you that Samson was wrong for trying to take a Philistine as a wife. Even though all of this was within God's plan and God was going to use this entire thing to enact vengeance against the Philistines, which ends up happening, still Samson was wrong for trying to get a Philistine wife. That's why it says in scripture, for us to not be unequally yoked. What does that mean? A yoke is something that you put over the oxen so that the oxen have to walk side by side with each other. But if instead you don't put an oxen in there and you put a donkey in there next to an oxen, you're going to see that it's unequally yoked. You're putting way more pressure on that donkey that's smaller and less uh, has less ability to pull the wagon with the ox. So that's why scripture tells us, do not be unequally yoked. Do not do life with somebody who has completely different values than you do. Just because you're physically attracted to somebody, like Samson was to this Philistine woman here, doesn't mean that they're going to make a good companion for you. Because physical attraction is only skin deep. It only goes so far and it fades very quickly. The honeymoon phase does not last long in a marriage. Yeah, you might think somebody is beautiful or attractive, but if their values are so different from yours, you you can't make that person your life partner because it's going to be nothing but misery for you and for them as well. You have to be equally yoked, right? So Samson here, was going into a marriage where the value system was completely different from his. The morality was completely different. Don't forget, the Philistines worshipped other gods. The Israelites were supposed to worship Yahweh. And uh, that's another problem here as well. So 
Samson's wife begging and begging for Samson to give her this riddle. And it says on the seventh day, she really pressed him. It says she pressed him severely on the seventh day. So that kind of shows that that's possibly when she got the death threat was on the seventh day, because that's when she really pressed him. She pressed him severely. So she told the riddle to the children of her people. And finally, Samson gives in and he tells her the riddle. And she tells the riddle to everybody else. So the men of the city say to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have found out my riddle. So he calls his wife, his brand new wife, a heifer, which is great, and insults her and claims that these men here if they hadn't enticed his wife, that they wouldn't have figured out the riddle. So Samson, the big baby that he is, is infuriated. But it does say in verse 19 that Yahweh's spirit came mightily on him. So this means that Yahweh is now beginning to work through Samson. Once again, this just shows the Israelite people to a T what they were like at this time period. Though they were supposed to be set apart, they constantly broke those rules and constantly wanted to become like the nations around him. Just like Samson here, he was a Nazarite set apart from birth, constantly broke the rules of the Nazarite vows and wanted to be unequally yoked with the Philistines. And now when the Philistines betray Samson, just like how the other nations always betrayed the Israelites, Samson gets very angry. But Yahweh still works with Samson. Same as how Yahweh's spirit still worked with the Israelites and the Israelite nation after they were constantly betrayed. And after Israel constantly betrayed God, God's mercy was still with them and God's mercy still helped them to prevail. So God sends his spirit mercifully and mightily on Samson. And Samson goes down and strikes 30 men of Eshkelon. So 30 Philistine men. And this is where God is beginning to use this entire thing to help the Israelite people. Because God knew how Samson was. He knew Samson from infancy, from the very beginning. And he knew what Samson would grow up to be. An angry man, an entitled man, a man that was very lustful, and God used all of that to accomplish getting vengeance for Israel after the attacks from the Philistines for 40 years prior to Samson's life. So you can see here, Yahweh's spirit comes mightily upon Samson. Samson goes, strikes down 30 men of Eshkelon, and gives the clothing that he gets from those 30 men and gives them to the companions that had won the riddle. But to conclude, it says, in verse 20, that Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his friend. And Samson goes home. Now, he doesn't know yet that his wife is just given away. Samson is currently kind of doing a temper tantrum and he goes home to mom and dad. And he's going to stay there for a while while he cools off. And uh, he doesn't know that his wife is given away to anybody else. So we're going to find out about that and see what goes on there with Samson's wife, who Samson was supposed to marry 
And now all of a sudden, she's the wife of another man who had been one of Samson's supposed friends. Well, faithful listeners, tune in on Friday to talk about the rest of the story. We'll be in a new chapter of Judges, and we'll talk about Samson and his wife and what goes on there, because the drama is not over. Not by a long shot with Samson. He is a very dramatic person. We'll talk more about um, how his life just mirrors Israel over and over and over again, and also mirrors the church nowadays as well. Some of the same mistakes that Samson made is what the church is making nowadays. Friends and faithful listeners, I will see you all on the next episode, which is tomorrow, by the way. We will be talking about the book of Acts because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode. And tomorrow we are discussing a little bit about Peter's story and how he's finally going out into the world and doing the Great Commission. I hope to see you then, but have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.